Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Shalom, good morning, Kiora Tato, Kiorana, Talo Falava, Malaulele, Nisambula, Namaste, and Salam Aleikum, and welcome to this morning's Aspects of Israel program, brought to you on behalf of the Zionist Federation of New Zealand, and I'm David Swartz presenting this morning. Most of the, or a lot of the items this morning's program are connected with what is going on in the Ukraine, where, as as you will know from mainstream news media of all sorts, there is a t- terrible campaign following the invasion by the Russian army into the Ukraine, and a lot of terrible attacks on civilians and property and just everything dreadful about war that you can imagine. And you don't have to imagine it, in fact, because it's very visible on our screens and through radio and computer and everything else. So the link with Israel or the connections that Israel has are very strong. In the first place, there are many Ukrainian Jews who have moved to Israel, become citizens there. There are many Jews living in Ukraine who have now become refugees along with so many other of the Ukrainian population. And also, Israel has... Uh, links, commercial trade links and political connections with Israel. Uh, so a great deal of effort has been gone has been going into the helping to to resolve, not resolve, well, in in one sense resolve, uh, going into help support the civilian population of Ukraine. And one example, that I can give, this is a report from the Jewish News Syndicate, is the field hospital that Israel has sent to Ukraine and has now been set up. This is last Tuesday. On Tuesday, Israel began accepting patients at its humanitarian field hospital in western Ukraine, where it will treat people affected by the war raging in the country. Situated in the western Ukrainian city of Mostiska and called Kochav Mayer, that's that's, uh, named after uh, the wonderful first woman prime minister of Israel, Golda Mayer, the 66-bed hospital is set to be open 24-7 and staffed by more than 60 personnel. It will be able to serve... 50 patients at a time, and includes a triage area, an emergency response ward, men's, women's and children's wards, labour and delivery facilities, 
imaging and telehealth technological mental health services, a lab, a pharmacy, and an outpatient clinic. The Israeli Health Ministry is operating the hospital, Sheba Medical Center, the Klalit HMO, Health Medical Organization, and medical teams from other hospitals that would not be manned by the Israel Defense Forces Medical Corps, as in previous state missions to disaster areas. The Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said that Israel is the first country that is establishing a field hospital within Ukraine to treat victims of the war. And the Foreign Minister Yair Lapid noted, we're doing it for the sake of Ukrainian children, but our children also need to know that the State of Israel does not stand aside where there's suffering and horror. We will extend a comforting hand and do anything to help. Multiple Israeli organizations are already operating in the Ukraine and neighboring countries to aid refugees and the wounded. Magen David Adom, for example, that's the Israel Red Cross, sent four armored ambulances to Ukraine to help evacuate the wounded even under fire. Another organization, Dream Doctors, is treating Ukrainian refugees in nearby Moldova, as is United Hatzalah. This is not the first time that Israel has deployed a field hospital in the wake of a disaster. In 2010, Israel set up a field hospital in Haiti after a devastating earthquake and was very much congratulated from around the world. It also set up a field hospital in Japan in 2011 after the earthquake and tsunami in the Philippines in 2013 and in Nepal in 2015. There are other uh, examples of the aid that Israel is sending, and one you might be surprised by, Israeli medical clowns bring smiles to the Ukraine refugees in Moldova, said an article in the Times of Israel. Among the staggering number of Israelis who have dropped everything to go and volunteer with refugees fleeing Ukraine to Moldova are a clutch of funny-looking people with odd costumes and big red noses who blow bubbles, use squeaky hammers and hug a lot. These are professional medical clowns from the Dream Doctors Project, which I just mentioned, who in normal times work in 30 hospitals across Israel. So they've made a special effort to send members of Dream Doctors to Ukraine. And the Israel uh, organization, which is an, an Israel NGO, humanitarian organization, has been operating in Moldova since the start of the Russian invasion. It has opened safe spaces and multiple shelters in the capital of Moldova and on the border itself, as well as several mobile medical clinics with Russian and Ukrainian-speaking doctors and nurses from Israel, providing resilient kits and post-trauma support to vulnerable women and children. And voluntary aid and donations from the people of Israel have been flowing. According to the TPS News Service, 230 tonnes of humanitarian aid donated by the Israeli public for the victims of war in Ukraine set out to Europe as part of Operation Outturn, led by the Jewish Agency, 
The donations include winter equipment and hygiene products, and they are being dispatched to the Ukrainian border crossings with Poland, Romania, and Hungary. 112 local authorities and organizations from all over Israel took part in the operation, during which 23,000 boxes were collected. The equipment will be distributed by the JDC, that's the Joint Distribution Committee, and the Friends of Ukraine Association in Israel, both to refugees at the border crossings and to the victims of the war within Ukraine. The equipment donated by the general public will also be used to support immigrants and refugees who come to Israel. And we also can have a quick look at the effect in Israel of refugees fleeing Ukraine. This was a a short report from BICOM. As well as mediation efforts, I'll come back to that, the Israeli government is stepping up with its preparations and, and now, in fact, in place activities to absorb many more Ukrainian immigrants and refugees. And this includes preparation for short-term and long-term housing and rent assistance, turning old IDF bases into housing, increasing the supply in the housing market generally and necessary acts and legislations that are required to do that, helping municipalities integrate new immigrants from Ukraine in education, social services and community cohesion. And the government has announced that no restrictions would be at imposed for the time being on Ukrainian war refugees arriving in Israel. Originally, only 5,000 were permitted, but refugees with a relative in Israel will now not be counted as part of the quota. They will receive temporary visas for a period of three months, and if the fighting is still not over by then, they will also be able to work in Israel after that point. The 20,000 Ukrainian citizens who the government believes were in Israel before the war, illegally, can also remain temporarily and will not be deported. And a poll reported by the Hebrew language newspaper Ma'ariv found that the Israeli public overwhelmingly supports unfettered admission to Ukrainian war refugees. Well, the New Zealand government too responded very quickly to requests by the New Zealand Ukrainian community to make things easier for Ukrainian refugees to join their families here in New Zealand and and, uh, made various visa requirements uh, put aside in favour of the refugees coming here. I'll have a music break now, and this is from the highly esteemed... Israeli musician Idan Reichel. Uh, some years ago now, he had his first child, or his wife had his first child, and it affected him greatly. He put it into music and songs. And this one that I'm going to play, which is one track from his disc At the Edge of the Beginning, this song is called Delat Misto Vivet, which means revolving door, and it ruminates on the fact of life new life entering the world and uh, presumably his own and wife's life eventually coming to an end, revolving door. Mm 
was the song Revolving Door. Delat Mistro Vivet, sung by Idan Rechel. And you can judge by the sort of song it is that he's very happy having a new baby, or was at the time. The time is 15 minutes past 11, and you're listening to the Aspects of Israel program, here on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, the Wellington Access Radio community station, which brings you the voices and music and opinions of Wellington's minority communities, all sorts of communities, ethnic and religious and political and special interest communities. And Wellington Access Radio has been doing this for over 40 years now. I mentioned the efforts of Israel in the relation to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And this has been shown at a diplomatic level by attempts or efforts put in by the Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, to mediate between Ukraine and Russia. And he has had several meetings with Mr. Putin at least two that I can think of, and and uh, carrying on also phone and I think Zoom conferences with both parties to try and achieve some sort of 
agreement on terms which would bring about a ceasefire, which is what Ukraine is asking for in the, in the first instance. But the Russians, presumably to save Mr. Putin's face, would need to uh, demand things that make it look as if their attack on Ukraine was justified. So th- that aspect of Israeli involvement is is a very interesting one and and uh, I suppose fairly special because of Israel's involvement with both countries at quite a it, it, quite a deep level. Uh, the, there's another nice a snippet of information about the refugees going to Israel from Ukraine. A Ukrainian family who hid a girl during the Holocaust when Ukraine was occupied by Nazi Germany uh, have been able to repay that tremendous help. According to Newsweek, two Ukrainian refugees, Lasia Orshoko and Alona Hugai, have found refuge in Israel with Sharon Baid, the granddaughter of Fanya Bas, a Jewish girl who was hidden from the Nazis by uh, their grandmother. Yes, Marta Blischik. So Marta, during the Holocaust, during the Second World War, hid Fanya Bas and her grandchildren now are looking after these two Ukrainian refugees in Israel. Well, that's a pretty amazing circle of benevolence and and righteousness. And I'd like to now turn to the relationships between Israel and other countries, particularly Arab and Muslim countries, which I've had news items about fairly regularly since the signing of the Abraham Accords. And this news item, which came from World Israel News, is about the first direct commercial flight from Morocco to Israel. Morocco's national carrier launched its direct flights to Israel uh, at the beginning of this month landing for the first time at Ben-Gurion Airport a little over a year since Rabat and Jerusalem signed the normalization agreement known as the Abraham Accords. Royal Air Maroc was supposed to start flying to Israel in December, but all plans were delayed by the restrictions imposed on air travel due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The airline CEO, Abdul Hamid Adou, said he was very proud and honoured on the occasion and that this new connection will be a factor of rapprochement between our peoples. These connections are based on very old ties between our monarchy and the Jewish people. Today it is about about reconnecting a family. And that's not high-flown talk, because Israel and Morocco have had an under-the-radar relationship for decades, which finally came out into the open officially in the historic accords mediated by the previous Trump administration in the United States. Israelis have been allowed to enter Morocco through a third country for years, and tens of thousands would visit annually before the pandemic hit. 
So officializing and, and making this, well, making it a commercial venture, which is always important, uh, is a real step forward for both Morocco and Israel. And another example of improving tyres is the announcement, well, this was actually a news item in the London weekly paper, The Economist, high-speed fibre-optic cable, data cable, is being laid under the Red Sea that will connect Israel to Saudi Arabia for the first time. The new link, part of two longer submarine cables running from France to India, promises to improve the speed and lower the cost at which information can whiz between Europe and Asia. It is also knitting together a new regional alliance between Israel and countries in the Gulf. Well, Saudi Arabia has not so far signed up to the Abraham Accords, but there are many news items that account for improving relationships between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And the new data pipeline being built by Google and Telecom Italia is due to be finished in 2024. An Israeli official said, for over seven decades, all the Middle East's trade routes and communications networks bypassed Israel. But for the first time since Israel's establishment, we're becoming part of a regional infrastructure. And that is something that Israel has really been hoping for working towards ever since it became an independent state in 1948. But as you know, if you know something about the history of Israel, there have been very many ups and downs along the way. Um, Looking at other relationships between Israel and close entities, I'm, I'm referring now to the Gaza Strip, which is... Uh, governed or which has as its governing uh, regime the uh, Hamas regime, which in its uh, covenant declares that it will have won't rest until it does away with the state of Israel. However, the new government, the new uh, coalition government in Israel, led by the Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. Uh, is making efforts to improve relationships with Gaza, or with the Gazan people, if not with the Gazan regime. And it has made available more work permits for workers from Gaza to cross the border every day and have jobs in Israel. In October, this is according to the Times of Israel, In October, Israel expanded the work permit program to allow up to 10,000 workers into Israel. And apparently that is going to be increased to perhaps up to 30,000 workers. The, The Times of Israel said, unfortunately, the residents of Gaza are captives of Hamas leaders who deprive them of a better livelihood and future for their children. The leaders of Hamas and the residents of Gaza will also be the ones to bear responsibility if the peace in Gaza or elsewhere is disturbed. That was a, st- that was a statement by the Minister of Defence, Benny Gantz. And 
that is all putting it on on in open words, uh, referring back to the last year's conflict where the, the, the Hamas regime uh, opened hostilities by firing over 4,000 missiles and rockets at Israel. And I've just got time for a nice, a nice news item about happiness because the world, the United Nations, which runs a system of measuring world happiness, has just come out with its latest list and says that Israel is the ninth happiest place in the world to live. That's in the World Happiness Report, which is quite an extensive statistical volume, 158 pages. It was published, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Israel has moved up two spots this year above last year, five spots higher than in 2020 when it was ranked at number 14. The Scandinavian countries were the first in the list for the fifth year in a row, followed by Denmark. Oh, Finland was first, followed by Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. Uh, Israel at number nine, and New Zealand at number 10. The report largely focuses on the country's management of the coronavirus pandemic and citizens' trust in their government and other institutions throughout the crisis. And the index evaluates the happiness content for the first time that does this, of printed text, including social media, through the use of machine learning. And so it's really, if you think of all the worries and problems that Israel has, it's an amazing tribute to the country that it ranks so highly in the world listing of happiness. And it's... uh, Various people have said, well, why? And they comment on things like very strong social networks and the feeling that the country is like one big family. And that, that, that happiness report refers to every, everybody in the, in the country, all citizens, uh, Jews, uh, Arabs, uh, Druze, Bedouin, etc. It's, it, it's, it's very, very... Satisfying to to read that. Well, that brings me to the end of today's Aspects of Israel program. I hope you found it interesting and that you'll tune in again in two weeks' time. So that's on the 10th of April, Sunday the 10th of April. And next Sunday, the 3rd of April, you can listen to our sister program, which is uh, Wellington Jewish Community and Jewish Culture. And so until... The next program in two weeks' time. This is David Swartz on behalf of the Zionist Federation of New Zealand wishing you goodbye and shalom. May peace be with you. Thank you.
קרוב לסוף הדרך, מקצה ההתחלה. program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.